Hello and welcome to today's podcast. We are focusing on the intersection of COVID, mental health, and the pandemic and how lockdowns are impacting people all around the world. My name is PJ and I'm one of your hosts and I'm working with my fellow partner, Julia. And Julia is driving right now, but she has a lot of takes on mental health and COVID. Yeah, so the first thing that I think we should discuss is um, who does this you know, subject impact? who is most affected by mental health and COVID. So the CDC lists many groups and certain groups of people that are more likely to have a stronger and more stressful reaction during this time. So an example of this is obviously people who already had mental health conditions. Um, They had them before the pandemic and that could be exacerbated. Um, So another um, issue is people with substance use problems. When you're isolated, it's harder to reach out for help Um, you know, you have more free time. There's lots of issues that go into that. Um, Also, essential workers who are more exposed maybe to, you know, health risk situations when they have to work. Um, And also people who are more at risk for COVID complications if they were to get it. So this is like the immunosuppressed individuals or the elderly or pregnant women. Um, And the last group um, that I want to discuss is people who already live alone. We know that isolation is a really big part of this pandemic. It's something that's necessary to stop the spread. But unfortunately, isolation can have a negative impact on our mental health. Yeah, and I just want to backtrack here and focus on what exactly is mental health. So, you know, our textbook looks at it and says that it is a state of a successful performance of mental function that results in productive activities. It fulfills relationships with other people, and it focuses on the ability to adapt to change and to cope with challenges. And it intersects with the pandemic because, you know, some stress factors of this outbreak can include, you know, fear or worry of your own health and the health of your loved ones. It can impact and change your sleeping and eating patterns. It can impact your ability to concentrate. It can impact some other external health problems that one may have. There's also been a rise in substance problems, including alcohol, tobacco, and drugs. And I know you had done some research on how we should approach this differently for different groups. Did you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So one example of this that I thought showcased um, a good, you know, plan in place is when people who are more at risk, um, people need to have a plan in place. Everyone should, um, but are high risk for COVID and also, you know, having COVID would cause them, you know, mental So a really important thing to know is where to go, who to talk to, your vital signs such as temperature and blood pressure that you need to keep in check in order to not have a, you know, a really stressful reaction to something that you've never had before. There's a lot of unknowns with this virus and that's definitely something that you can run the risk of is getting more stressed out if you don't know a plan. So another thing um, I wanted to discuss is um, an option for people who um, have already seen a therapist before, you know, the pandemic or people who are wishing to start maybe due to isolation and stress that comes from this time. So teletherapy, kind of like what we're doing now, it's a a, a time when you can be on Zoom and you are discussing with a therapist and a patient and it's over the web. So teletherapy has been used before, but um, before COVID hit, only 2.1% of people reported using teletherapy. Um, this pandemic has kind of made it the new normal and may, you know, this may stay into the future. Um, so this figure has soared to 84 
44.7% now that the pandemic has hit. Um, there's definitely, for, these, for this group of people, there's definitely some advantages with teletherapy. Appointments can happen anywhere. Like PJ said, I'm in the car. If you happen to be driving somewhere, you can have an appointment anywhere. Um, so that's really good for people who may have a tight schedule. Um, it's also obviously necessary. Um, and that's because the spread, you know, we know that the spread could impact people with mental health if problems. If they get it, they could be stressed out. So already seeing a therapist, and if you were to somehow get COVID from that and there's no way that that isn't going to stress you out more or have negative impacts on, you know, your mental health. And also the other advantage is continuity of care. So when people move away, therapists or patients, you know, it's important if you have a relationship with that person already to continue care with that person. Um, so, yeah, there are many advantages, but there's also some disadvantages. Um, there's a lot of cues that therapists are trained to pick up on, maybe a foot tapping, body language that are tells about anxiety and depression. And those things don't necessarily come through on a screen. Also, Medicare and Medicaid, although, you know, since COVID hit, they are covering teletherapy because it is the new normal. They may not forever. So if people, you know, get used to this, if maybe they're seeing someone in a different state, we need to make sure that they're covered. Also, there's obviously this feeling of isolation that we won't really be able to get rid of with teletherapy. I mean, it's still nice to have somebody on the other end, but if you're someone who needs physical human connection, it can be a disadvantage. I think that's a great point. And I think from a personal perspective, I've seen how my dad, who was a child psychiatrist, he's taken most of his patients virtually at this point, And he has told me, hey, yeah, it's not the same connection. I don't offer the same advice or the same perspective as, as well. And, you know, we're talking about teletherapy and doing things virtually. Additionally, another group that's been impacted by this are those school-age kids in elementary school. As it's been shown time and time again that attention span is shorter for younger students. And a recent study done, done showed that parents suggest that about 27% of parents and roughly 14% of children are experiencing slightly worse mental health problems while about an additional 75 to 80% are, increasing, are showing significantly declining mental health problems during this pandemic. And for those school-age children, there's been a lot of difficulties of remote learning, including not having the physical interaction with students and professors in the classroom. Um, the screen time for students goes way up. You know, we're just looking at computers all day, and you're also getting limited exercise in and outside of, you know, recess and stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of difficulties with this and difficulties with the pandemic, but we have to try to spin a positive outlook on it so what would you suggest maybe are some coping mechanisms or ways that people can adapt to the pandemic? Yeah, so personally, I know that if I spend a lot of time with my family, sometimes that can be a really stressful relationship. And I found a lot of benefits in having, you know, Zoom hangouts with friends, picking up new hobbies. We know exercise has a really, you know, positive effect on mental health. And we really you know, have to control the spread. So if we're going to do it, we should spin it positive. You're right, PJ. And also, it's kind of positive in the sense that we're making a lot of technological, you know, advances with this that maybe can be applied in the future, like teletherapy and resources online that, that will be applicable in the future. I agree. And just, you know, in terms of some long-term outlook for this and as well as some, you know, more coping mechanisms, I think like for me, you were talking about, you know, stressful relationship with family but it's also about building a relationship with family and like taking time to kind of like 
appreciate that. And like, I've done that definitely a lot more as well as like picking up some new hobbies. Like for me, I played golf for many years, but I played so much golf this summer and even in the fall. And I just think picking up new hobbies like hiking or things like that are just other ways to kind of cope with this pandemic. And, you know, just in terms of some last minute thoughts, um, you know, I absolutely agree that this pandemic has taken a toll on everyone's physical and mental health, but it's all about kind of, you know, trying to get through this, maybe like getting to the holidays and realizing that a vaccine is on the horizon soon. Did you have any last minute thoughts that you wanted to wrap this up with? Yeah, I mean, everyone just make sure that you know a plan in place and make sure you know resources to reach out when you have mental health problems. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time to talk with me today. And that concludes our podcast on mental health and the coronavirus. Yeah.